Welcome to the T's and C's. Tisa and Chantel. Also known as the Terms and Conditions. Hello to our global pandemic fellow listeners. We are on week five of Surviving Society Presents T's and C's The Reflection with myself, Chantel, and today our special guest is radio presenter, creative, journalist, all-round legend, (laughs) Afia Adam. Hi, Afia. Hiya, how are you guys doing? We're all right. I mean, in a little pre-chat then, you've made me feel a bit, well, not not guilty, I think guilty is the wrong word, but... You've made me feel like I need to be a bit more grateful slash happier about this situation because you no, were very positive. Do you know what, though? I think we put... Our, don't you think that we put ourselves under pressure that we should feel this or we should feel that or we have to feel this way or we have to feel that way? Because nobody that I know or I think anybody in living memory has ever had to go through what we're going through right now. So we don't know how any of us are going to react. And I think it's just everybody is so entitled to feel how they feel. Like today I'm feeling okay and a bit more positive. But if you caught me like a couple of days ago, I was probably crying into a tin suit. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) I find that like I have like two or three days where I'm fine. And then this day where it just creeps up on me and perhaps you feel a bit penned in. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like at the moment there's lots of pressure to be like, you should re-wallpaper your whole house and landscape your garden and learn all these new skills. And you're going to come out of this like a DJ and a part-time decorator and learn how to cut a hedge into the shape of a person and all these kind of things. And it's just like, for the first couple of weeks, I was just like, listen, if I can get out of bed and get dressed and get the tile dressed and find something with words on it to put in front of her, everyone's fed, no one's dead, then we've made it. You know what I mean? You know what, right? That matches up with how we should be. But because you're programmed to consume and always worry about the future because you're constantly on that kind of treadmill, but that's yeah. how we've been programmed right yeah but i was doing some kind of reading on hunter gatherer societies right why how they survive so we're looking at the sand people in southern africa or they'll be called bushmen is what we would call them right bush people that's that's the drawbridge term but they're called the sand Mm -hmm. but um basically there's a book by a guy called jc scott that said it's called against the grain Mm -hmm. and he said these people these are one of the oldest people on the planet they've like been alive 150,000 years Mm -hmm. but they don't have pandemics they can survive because they don't desire more than they have they only have what they need. That stops them going insane, no mental health. So maybe he argues that we've got it all wrong. Maybe farming, settling, cities, all this paranoia that we have mm-hmm. is unnecessary. Well, do you know what? It's not a bad argument, is it, really? If you think about it, if that's how we were, if we were satisfied with what we had, I mean, you wouldn't have people stockpiling six to 8,000 toilet rolls, would you? Or doing any of that kind of stuff. You wouldn't have panic and all that kind of stuff. And perhaps we wouldn't have a pandemic spread in the first place because people wouldn't be feeling the need to move from this place to that place, to see different cities, to see different things. If we were just chill in our little villages and cool with where we are, we probably wouldn't be where we are now, right? No. You're being right. I, I agree with both of you. I think you're also right in what you were saying, fear. We've just got to ride the emotions, ride the wave of how we're feeling one day, how we're feeling the other day, and try not to yeah. put pressure on ourselves. Just in thinking more broadly about parenting in this time and what that's like, particularly for... I mean, we 
we mainly talk to people people that are students or that are academics or that are teachers and also creatives as well so that sort of needing to do that sort of output mainly online now uh, well should be 100% online what is that like whilst also trying to manage family life like do you have any bits of advice that you could pass on to some of our listeners that's a good question I mean for me it's literally take every single day as it comes Um, and that sounds really boring and really run-of-the-mill but it literally is you have to I think for me, it had to be very adaptive to roll with the punches. Um, so Naima's with me most of the time. Um, and she's had some time out with her dad as well, which has really helped. Um, and he's not usually that good. But I think he, in the face of a global pandemic, he was like, mm, maybe fatherhood is <laughs> the thing. Like, I don't know. Maybe I should do this before I die. Um, and so that's really helped to have some time apart. And you know what? It's okay for parents to admit that their kids are driving them mad like that's fine parents need to to be able to say that and feel like it's okay it doesn't mean that you hate your child it just means that they use far too many words today and that's fine and for me it's just been <laughs> literally just rolling with the punches I mean when the schools closed I was kind of anticipating it but I think for some reason I was talking to my friend about this the other day is that even though we anticipated school closure we didn't anticipate social distancing so I was like oh we'll just have the nanny like have her while I go to work there's no nanny a nanny does not exist like you can't do that and so I was that kind of threw me but then for um if I had to go into the office or into the studio I would just take her with me um and now we're at home and that's a lot easier but also our kids are or I don't know about everybody else but my child is very resilient and she's very good at adapting um to the environment around her um so we just we just take each day as it comes and we try and keep it simple and I probably shouldn't say this but you know screen time guidelines are out the bloody window because sometimes as well as you needing needing a break they need a break they just want to sit down and watch something and just chill and not have to chat with you. I mean, we're doing Google Classroom at the moment, which is going quite well, but she seems to have done all our work by like half past 10. So we're both just sitting there looking at each other like, what do do we do now? Like, do you know what I mean? So, but then we've had lots of time to, you know, perfect riding our bikes and doing the garden and doing little bits and bobs. But I mean, honestly, it's just for us, it's just about keeping it simple trying to make everyday fun talking about what's going on you know because I'm a journalist and I tend to have the news on make sure that I don't have it on too much because you don't want her to be you know listening to all those crazy headlines but then you know she's she's aware of what's happening she knows there's a reason why she's not in school and not allowed to see her friends and all the rest of it so we do talk about what's going on how it affects like my mum who lives in sheltered housing so why we can't go and see her and why she can't see her cousin and things like that. So we do talk about what's going on, but literally we just keep it simple. Um, we try not to be too rigid um, and we just try and be kind to ourselves and each other and try and make it fun because, I mean, let's be real. Since she was probably, when she went to nursery or went to school, we haven't had as much time together. We haven't had this much time together for us just to hang out and, you know, sort of get to know each other again. And I mean, I find myself thinking things like, maybe I'll just homeschool her but I'm not because yeah. most of the time when I think that I'm drunk but you know I'm not ready for her to go back to school yet I'm quite happy with our little our little sort of provincial pottering around life yeah. that we have developed but 
I know for some parents it's not that easy. We've got a garden which makes it amazing and more like two minutes from London feels which really helps so we can and we don't share a room but I know there's parents that don't have it like that you know that might live on the 17th floor that have a broken lift that can't get out every day and I can't imagine what that must be like. I would definitely be going mad. But yeah, it's literally like it's a massive cliche, but it's just taking each day to come, just keeping it simple, giving up screen time rules and being easy with each other. That's it, really. Well, I've been thinking about a fear and it's slightly different. I, I, I guess in my head, I kind of think of young people or children in terms of like you've got babies then you've got like five to 11 year olds and yeah. then you've got sort of like pre-pubescent and you've got teenagers and you've got young people and in our house we have two young teenagers that live between um their mums and here with their dad um who's my partner and Mm -hmm. I feel like it's it's slightly different with teenagers because they're a lot more independent but it's, it's making me feel like with young people that well it's not just young people with family members if you're close to one another you kind of have to think of every interaction in a sensitive way because we're because is there so much going on right now? Mm-hmm. So how can we find ways to communicate with each other in a way that is taking into consideration how anxiety-inducing all this is? How we don't all want to always be in the same place at the same yeah. time, but we're stuck yeah. with that. And just really trying to reify those practices of care within like everyday things. And it is it's difficult to do it, but I think I think that is how a lot of us are maybe going to survive this. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a really good point that you've made, actually, is that, um, yeah, because there is so much going on at the moment, everything does feel like a bit more sensitive, doesn't it? And I think it's just kind of like, sometimes I just say to Naima, like, bloody knackered, do you know what I mean? I'm just going to go and lie on the sofa and indulge in some Netflix. And she'd be like, yeah, I'm just going to lie on the floor next to you and do the same thing with her headphones on. I think it's just kind of admitting to each other that it's bloody hard. Yes. And and sort of, like I said before, nobody has ever lived through this. So we don't know how we're supposed to feel and we don't know what we're supposed to do. And I'm not a trained teacher and I'm barely a trained journalist and I'm barely qualified (laughs) to be a mum. And I'm so like all these three things. And I've got to like meal plan and then you've got to bake things. And it's like, (laughs) what? It's just, it's a lot, isn't it? And I think sometimes it's just being really, really honest with them and just saying like, I don't actually know what I'm doing right now. Yeah. It's going to be fine, honestly. What I found is there's a lack of understanding about space, about respecting spaces. Yeah. So yeah. one of the things that I was taught when I was, when I was growing up is my mum said, leave it as you find it, right? So when I'm cleaning up, I will leave it as I find it because I need to respect it because someone's coming after me, right? Yeah. So when yeah. it comes to the kitchen, bathroom, and it's those little tiny things, they're tiny things, but they can make a big difference, right? Yeah. And I'm trying to explain to people is, could you imagine being in prison? Right? That's why it's a big thing about respecting <laughs> like, your space. Wow. Right? Yeah. Listen, yeah. I'm telling yeah. people like sitting in your toilet, it's a respect thing, right? Everyone's got, it's those kind of spaces that it gets, it gets on top of people. So the dishes, little tiny yeah. things. Why, why do you keep leaving your handprint on the fridge? Would wind me up. <laughs> <You're driving. laughs> Leave it as you find it. Yeah. Yeah. Someone that has had insight into the Regis family, the level of tidiness that you guys have. Like, I mean, I, I, I aspire to it definitely. But like, you're it's a military operation over there. <laughs> but it doesn't make sense, right? If you if you see something and it's like the kitchen, 
Like, see things like the bread. Wrap the bread up because that's how you found it. Don't just leave it because it will go off and it costs me money. Yeah, so leave true. it as you find it. So I think that is a very simple sort of thing that you can do as a family together. Like, as you say, mm -hmm. T, leave it as you find it. Like, and right now that is quite just those little practices of care is really radical because it's yeah. just so hard getting from hour to hour. So if you're coming into the kitchen and it's a bit of a state, it does feel more. Listen, yeah. If I in the morning, I'll kill someone. I'll kill someone in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, I don't know if what I, do you mean? I feel like. I feel like I'm always in my kitchen. I mean, I'm, I'm in my kitchen yeah. now, and it's like it's like I live in my kitchen. And, some, <laughs> and there's, only, there's only two of us, but someone in this house is always hungry. I don't understand it. I don't <laughs> understand it at all. Why am I always cooking? Do you know? I'm actually. I think I might be cooking now as I'm having this I'm conversation. Always bloody cooking. Always. always. Cooking. <laughs> My cousin, he works on the um, he works on the bins. He said the waste. It's gone up. He said it's like Christmas time every day. That's but there's not enough crews to pick up the rubbish. That's another thing. My bin is trolling me every day. It's full. I don't understand yes. it. I don't get it. <laughs> and I hate taking out the bins. It's like I would literally rather gouge out my own eyes. And every single yeah. day I go to the kitchen bin and it's full to the point where I had to say to Naima, are you putting stuff, are you in the bin or are you putting stuff in the bin? I don't well, understand you it. In the bin? <laughs> yeah. Have you put your Croatia shoes in there? Have you have you put have you got one for your friends? No, I don't understand it. Every day the bin is full. Unbelievable. Just to sort of finish off a little bit, T, you've been talking about a bit of a hard conversation into following on from yeah. talking about family to this stuff, but there's something that you sort of wanted to reflect on this week that obviously we're all aware of the five G conspiracy with the coronavirus, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. And that's kind of linked or well, kind of spun into this kind of China's racist against black people. And yeah. and what's been troubling me is how this narrative is just kind of spun out of control. Like mm -hmm. somehow this is new news. And not not just that, that I've been seeing people sending videos of apparent Chinese racism against black people. Mm -hmm. Now, what the most perplexing thing is, is that these people don't really understand the nature of racism. Chinese people being uh, racist to African people is not new. No, no Indian not racism, no Russian racism, it's not new, right? But all of a sudden, they've jumped on the bandwagon. Most recently, like about literally two minutes ago, that Dr. Uma, yeah. he jumped on the bandwagon. I've been to China, I've seen how bad. And I'm like, no, all you're doing is spreading hate. You've just yeah. played into that game of yeah. spreading hate. You're, Ill, you're misinformed. You don't really understand what's happened. And yeah. What upsets me is black people, we know what it feels like to be on the receiving end. Exactly. And now I'm seeing people saying, Chinese this, China. No, don't let yourself do that. You let me down. You understand what it's like to be on the outside. You understand what exactly. it's like to have lies made up about you. It's so, a really good point that you've made there. Because, I mean, yes, we know that racism has been around um, against Africans from Chinese people and loads of other people for centuries. Mm -hmm. We've been here four centuries and we've there's been loads of discussions yeah. had about the land grab in Africa uh, by Chinese people but it's not just by China it's by loads of other people as well and I think mm -hmm. it's it's a way of I think there's kind of there's there's sort of two prongs to this and I think it's um a way of 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 black people like not wanting not wanting to be blamed for COVID-19 because we always get blamed for everything don't we 
uh, it's either blacks or it's Muslims, if it's terrorism, it's this, it's that, the other thing. And I think, you know, because in this instance, people are saying it was China, it's wet markets, it's all them, you know. And so people are saying, you know, this is a prime opportunity for us not to get blamed. So let's pile on this anti-China feeling, this anti-China sentiment, where it's not necessary. And like you so rightly said, we know what it's like to be on the outside. We've been on the fringes of society for years and there's no need to perpetuate these myths. But then I don't know about you guys, I am victim to so many WhatsApp warriors sending all this trash around on WhatsApp, all this fake news. And I think in our community, especially, God bless our aunties, we love them, but they will be the ones that are perpetuating all these myths and sending around all this rubbish. And especially at a time where COVID-19 seems to be having high death rates amongst ethnic minorities and especially black people. And we know that the NHS workers that have died have been predominantly of black and ethnic minority communities. You know, we are perpetuating these myths. We know that it's attacking us more. And it's, it's, it's a real shame to distract from what is a real issue about black people dying from the disease to just blame China for everything that's going wrong. But see, what I'm afraid of is... Right, so given this current pandemic and we've seen a shift in geopolitical in the geopolitical environment and different people in different countries taking over, Chinese companies are taking over in a big way. So mm-hmm. I don't want black people to start the narrative that oh look at they put us at the bottom and this is all part of their plan. So mm-hmm. for example, at the moment, out of the fifty four countries in Africa, forty of them receive money from China. Yeah. So if you if you spin that narrative in a certain way, it looks like they planned it. But no, this has been going on a long time and it's bigger yeah, than that. I wish black to sit there and look at the facts as, it, as they are. Don't jump on the conspiracy. Don't start saying stuff that's not true because all you're doing is repeating hate yeah. for no reason. Yeah. And you're becoming that racist. Yeah. And that's what we don't want. That's the last thing I want us to be. Absolutely. That's very Definitely. true. Definitely. It's just mad how they're just... There always has to be an other, doesn't there? And particularly in something like this, as someone has to be blamed. And it's just mm. so, as you say to it, the hate is just ugly and we can do better than that. Absolutely. We should do better than yeah. that. We can do, we can do better. And, and, and frankly, when I see stuff and I see a guy being so like vehemently horrible, so, so nasty, it's embarrassing to me. Yeah. Because we've seen people do that for us, to us for a long time unsubstantiated in another country now mm. before they say it to my face but now it's another country and that's it's not a nice thing to see oh guys i think we're gonna have to wrap up there but that was that was obviously we, we have to bring in the political and sociological there but it was nice talking a little bit about parenting there thank you so much no, you're, thank you. i feel like your positivity has coming to my space yeah. oh, and so. now to go yeah, through the rest yeah. of my day and i hope that is the case for the rest of you guys stay safe don't stay go safe. mad stay safe don't go mad and well filling the bins it's going to be fine clean the kitchen <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week guys thank you, thank you. See you.